0: Sarzo, the bassist who played originally with Ozzy Osbourne, uh, was also with Quiet Riot, White Snake, Dio, Ingvay Malmstein, uh, currently in the, the band The Guess Who. It's a like kind of a 60s, 70s band. Um, also, he played with uh, John Five. Before John Five was even John Five, um, it was John Lowry. And then he went on to be John Five and played with Rob Zombie and Marilyn Manson. So he's worked with some of the most amazing guitarists, singers, drummers, musicians, basically. Um, So he's got a lot of stories to tell and also, it's amazing how he can remember everything. Um, He's had a long career and if you read his book, Off the Rails, he talks about his time with Ozzy Osbourne and Randy Rhodes and it's not just like he's telling a story and things are kind of fun. I mean, he's got the details down and he corrects me in this interview several times because I screwed up the details or uh, maybe the book was not entirely accurate, but he remembers this stuff and he remembers the details. It's pretty, pretty uh, impressive that he can do that. And he's still obviously on top of his game with the base and everything. So, and he's also got a podcast, which he'll talk about a little bit. And of course he'll talk about his charity as well. So please welcome Rudy Sarzo. Okay. Well, first of all, um, thank you for coming on my show and taking the time. I really appreciate that. I know we have uh, actually a couple connections um, are you friends with Craig Gass and Brandon Gibbs? I've had both of those guys on my show.
1: Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The, good
0: friends. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, because you were actually in a band with Brandon, right? For a short time. Well, yes and no. I, I kind of like stepped in and I
1: did a video uh, for a song on the record. That's about it. We never really recorded or played live. I just happened to be on the cover of the oh, album. Oh.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, interesting. All right. Well, so, yeah, I like to start at the beginning. Um, you were actually born in Havana, Cuba, and you spent the first 11 years of your life there, um, and that's where you had your first musical musical experience. So I was reading about that. It was interesting that kids would gather around these metal cars in Cuba and hit the hubcaps or the fender and kind of create a beat and a rhythm, and you ca- you called it uh, Afro-Cuban music and, and Spanish rock. Is that right?
1: Well, it wasn't really Spanish rock. I mean, it's... We're, we're talking about uh, you know this is just uh we really didn't have much of a name for it, which is a bunch of kids gathering around a car you know playing beats and it was it was just the traditional music of the time in in the country and and it was like the normal thing to do you know like people do social media today that right basically was the social media of of specific to where i was born and that was part part of the culture something that just came out of uh, years of uh, of uh you know i don't know just years of the of, of that cultural being being developed you know the spanish and the african
2: yeah.
1: uh, basically embracing each other hmm. and uh you know in spanish in a spanish in a Cari- Carid- caribbean spanish colonial country which is a very different experience for me from a Spanish colonial uh, experience in in South America, right? You know because South America, uh, see, the the natives in the Caribbean were basically wiped out, oh. so you know the Indians, yeah. you know, the indigenous people, you know, so we didn't have much of a indigenous experience. You know, growing up, it was more cultural uh, through the African and, and the
0: Spanish, of course. Right. And then, so then when Fidel Castro came in, in 19, around 1959, they actually banned all American style music, um, but then that's when you ended up moving to Florida, right? And then, um, and then New Jersey, which was even a bigger culture shock, I'm sure. Um, and then that, is that kind of when you started learning the bass? And there was no, there was obviously no YouTube, so you had to find someone to teach it to you, Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking about the very early days of uh, of the British invasion, and uh, and I call it specifically the British invasion because, of course, we had the first wave of rock and roll back in the '50s, mm-hmm. and but it wasn't until the British invasion that actually brought back the essence of rock and roll <clears throat> coming from from England, right? And uh, because basically, you know, the, the founding fathers of of, of rock and roll, you know, the early pioneers, such as Chuck Berry, Little Richard, and Jerry Lee Lewis, and, and Elvis, of course, and, you know, they, they were pretty much out of the picture as far as, far as popular music goes, you know, and yeah. actually, I'm Buddy Hollywood, had passed away. Mm. So, so, by the time that I arrived in 1961 in the United States, you know, it was pretty much uh middle of the road music, you know, anything mm. from the Platters to to you know, Frankie Avalon and you know, we had some uh the four seasons. So it wasn't really rock and roll as as roots rock and roll that was you know, that was coming from from Little Richard and Chuck Berry, it wasn't really that. It was a little bit more middle of the road, more
2: gotcha, <laughs>
1: more sanitized music. Okay. And it yeah. wasn't until yeah, until like the Beatles came out and the whole British Invasion movement, you know, with the Stones, that they were actually bringing back the roots of rock and roll, which is R and B and blues influence
0: music. Mm-hmm. And then, but you ended up playing in some bands in New Jersey with your brother, I think, and then. Yeah, no, no,
1: no, I was never no, I was never in a band in New Jersey. It wasn't until we moved back to Miami. Or back to Miami. Right. Yeah, yeah.
0: And then you yeah, end up we right. yeah. and then you end up moving to LA in seventy seven. Um, so talk about those early days. Like it sounds like you made a lot of sacrifices. I mean, obviously you're really successful now, but back in the early days, it sounded like you were like sleeping on the floor and you, you kind of had to starve yourself a little bit? Like, it sounds like there was a lot of, there, uh, that was a long time, right? It wasn't just like a few months. Yeah, I that... mean, I
1: wasn't the only one. I mean, the, you know, we were just uh, surviving, trying to uh, to get noticed in the, in the music industry. Wow. Yeah, I, I wasn't the only guy who went through that. I was one, one of everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. went through that. You know, every, I, I'm trying to say, to be clear, everybody that you heard of, in the eighties, you mm-hmm. know, guys from Rad and Mogley Crew and Doc and whatever, you know, especially uh, musicians who have moved to LA, not musicians that were native to LA. You know, as a matter of fact, the other guys in Quiet Riot, Randy Rose and Kevin Bro and Drew Forsyth that I play with, they were native to LA. Right. So they were either living at home with their parents or mm-hmm. or you know, doing some other stuff. But it wasn't like in a situation like me and a lot of the other guys on the strip, you know, that on, on the sunset strip and that we actually moved from, from, you know, we left home to come to Los Angeles. And that's a little bit of a more of a difficult situation because you really don't have any of your family roots to pull back
2: on
0: right and, but there and must yeah there must have been something keeping you go like you must have had some sort of sense that you had the ability to make it and just and you just persevered you never really gave up like you kept going with it right
1: well it was all blind faith you know <laughs> yeah. i it was it was all like you know I I didn't have a plan B. I didn't want to have a plan B. Yeah. I, I I I had many plan B's growing up, and I I decided to forego of those for my what I really wanted to be, you yeah, know, to yeah. become. Yeah. It, it's not it's it's not it's not about being a musician because I was a musician. I think anybody is a musician who. Even if you might, even if you don't make a living from being playing music, you're still a musician. You mm-hmm. play an instrument, you yeah. know. But I, I, wanted to be a professional, right? Uh, recording and touring musician.
0: So I think your first big break. You, you actually were trying to go to see Van Halen at the Whiskey A Go Go, and it was sold out. Um, so then you ended up at the Starwood, and you saw a band called Quiet Riot, and you struck up a friendship with the singer. And then later, he called you and asked you to audition. And then you, I think that that was. Were you in New Jersey at that point? Is that correct? I think. Anyways, you flew yeah, you flew yeah. out to LA, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, but 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 to call it a friendship with Kevin at at that moment was it's a it's a stretch because. Oh. Yeah, have you ever had anything in your life that was actually life changing?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure you remember a lot. About
0: it. right no i just there's like so many it's not just like one or two incidents it's like so many um but the first one that you talk about that's like the another big life-changing one is you know you fly out um you're in that version of quiet riot with randy rhodes as a guitarist then he leaves to join ozzy but then eventually he recommends you to play with ozzy so this was so fascinating to read this part where sharon osborne calls you and asks you to audition and you actually turned her down because you were in another band, uh, Angel, at the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is yeah, that just but, kind of, know, it's, it's like a loyalty yeah. thing? Is that just how you are? Like you're a lo- very loyal person and you don't want to...
1: Oh, yeah. I, ne- I never walk out of a situation. I never leave people stranded. Uh, you know, even, even in a situation like, you know, I was sleeping on the floor. I wasn't making any money as right. a manager of Angel. You know, it was just... I was just another starving musician in LA that happened to be in the band called Angel, who at the time did not have a record label, and they were struggling to get signed to another label, you know. It was no real pro- promising, you know, future. Right. But, right. Nevertheless, I was in the band, so I wasn't about to, like, jump ship immediately. I it had to, it had, you know, I had to really think about it, and it was a situation like, you know, after I, I got a call from Sharon and I, and I told her, no, thanks. because I made another band and <laughs> and hung up the phone and, and yeah, but you know, you have to put things in perspective. First of all, when we talk about Sharon Osborne today, everybody knows Sharon. Sure. Yeah. And, 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 you know, 40 something years later, it's, it's in, in, in our, especially people that have never met her, they have a certain, uh, image about her you know Mm -hmm. very powerful successful woman yeah or a married and managing a one of the most recognizable and successful individuals in in the entertainment industry Ozzy the right well it wasn't like that 40 years ago Mm -hmm. if ozzy you know did not have the profile that he has today uh because nobody could really (laughs) you know predict the future back in 1981 and Sharon was, was, you know, she was just Ozzy's manager or and not not even Ozzy's manager. She was the daughter of Ozzy's manager who happened to be taking care of his business or the company, Jeff management. So, you know, it wasn't like, Oh my goodness, I got a call from Sharon. I was born and blah, blah, blah. No, it was like, um, there's this person that called me on behalf of Ozzy because Randy recommended me and, And basically, no, thank you. I mean, I know the damn, you know, so. (laughs) But Ozzy was still a
0: pretty big, he's been in Black Sabbath. I mean, he was still a pretty big name at that time, right?
1: Yes. Yes and no. Yes and no. uh, uh, Yeah. Black Sabbath, all of a sudden, before that happened, uh, already had a singer named Ronnie James Dio. And they were kicking butt. Right. Without Ozzy.
2: Yeah.
1: You know. And and I, I it wasn't like oh yeah Ozzy Osbourne, you know the guy who's got you know Blizzard of Oz and Dire no those records I they were not on the radio
2: right at okay. the time yeah
1: I had never heard the record I knew nothing about yeah. the music all I knew was that my my best reference was that Randy Rose was in the band
0: yeah and he was your good That's friend it. yeah but That's so eventually it, you know, yeah. Like, you did my, come to your senses. And... I'm sorry. You did come to your senses when then Ozzy himself called you, and then you yeah, did take the me, job. Yeah, Ozzy called me.
1: Yeah, Ozzy called me the next day, and uh, and asked you know asked me to come down just because Randy kept insisting you know Rudy is yeah, the guy yeah, you're yeah, looking yeah. for. Basically, yeah. they have less less than ten days before the beginning of the tour, and it all came down to trust. They didn't know any of these people that were auditioning for, right. for the gig. They needed a bass player that not only could play, but they could trust to be in the bus traveling with Ozzy and not be a bad influence
0: mm-hmm.
1: on Ozzy. Right. You know?
0: That's a big part. And,
1: of and, yeah. And, and Randy kept saying, well, you know, Rudy, Rudy's the guy. So you know, thanks to Randy's recommendation, I, I got the gig. Right. Of course, I I had to learn how to play yeah. <laughs> the songs immediately because I never heard them before yeah, in yeah. life, you know. And Randy came over that morning and, and of the audition, and which was the following day, and and he talking to, song, you know, the songs. Basically, and I had to like remember them in within ten minutes, <laughs> and then play them with Ozzy. <laughs> right.
2: You
0: know? So then, in less than twenty-four hours, you went from sleeping on the floor of that apartment to sleeping in a king size bed in Ozzy's mansion in the Hollywood Hills. Like, that's a pretty cool story. <laughs> well,
1: actually, actually, it was not Ozzy's mansion. Oh. It was uh, uh, Don Arden, uh, Sharon's father. Oh, okay. Who owned the mansion? He was the uh, the uh he owned jet records and jet management and um actually he was also managing air supply electric elo and i believe uh, during that time on and off with black sabbath because he at one point he was managing uh both both bands gotcha the ozzy and black Sabbath.
0: okay yeah so Wow, that's pretty cool. And then obviously, I mean, you had, there's like I said, the, you, people can read more, but there's a couple incidents I want to talk about from the book. Obviously, one of the most famous incidents in rock and roll history was uh, January 20th, 1982 in Des Moines, Iowa. And you were not only on stage with Ozzy when this happened, but you actually, I think in reading the book, it's you kind of instigated this. So someone throws like a crumpled up black thing on the stage and you pointed it out to Ozzy, but then he grabbed it and put it in his mouth, and that turned out to be a bat, and he bit the head off. Can you describe your recollection of this uh, incident?
1: Yeah, very simple. Somebody, you know, this somebody throws this something on stage, and it looked pretty weird. And Ozzy's standing right next to me, and I kind of like, you know, I'm 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 headbanging. I'm doing my, yeah. my thing. Yeah. So I I I, I stop playing. I did not. I just right. kept playing and. But while I'm doing that, I look at Ozzy, and I'm playing with my bass, through this thing on the floor. Then I just, I just kept playing. I personally did not even see him put it in his mouth, <laughs> right? I just kept wow. playing. I did not see him spit it out into, into the pit. No, oh. because I was busy playing. We're sure. all playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was not until the show ended, and I see on the side of the stage there's an ambulance
2: oh, waiting
1: and they they put Ozzy in the ambulance, and they take off. That's it. And then, I, then I go, what the hell happened? Then they tell me, you know, what actually happened. And wow. then we took the bus over to the hospital emergency where Ozzy was being uh, treated for possible rabies. And they gave him rabies vaccine. And then they gave him some vials of monkey serum that we had in the uh, refrigerator of the tour <laughs> bus. Wow. And we traveled with that, and he was administered you know, every day monkey, uh, monkey serum uh, vaccine. Uh,
0: and you actually you took know. pictures of, of him getting the rabies shots, right? That's what you said in the book.
1: No, I didn't say I took pictures. They, oh. I, the tour manager oh. borrowed my camera. Oh, okay. I never left the, the tour bus, and they went inside and took pictures of, of Ozzy. Are uh, getting the uh, the rabies shots wow. which they use as publicity
0: shot okay yeah because i think he thought it was fake like he thought you know it was like rubber or something like that but it wasn't it wasn't fake it was a real actual bat and he really did have to get the rabies shots
2: absolutely yeah, yeah.
0: wow so another crazy story that i read in the book was um whether well, the time that ozzy was drunk and there was a waitress, uh, and and she wanted to cut Ozzy off from ordering more drinks, and this pissed Sharon off so uh, Sharon Osborne off so bad um, that she went and pissed in a glass, and then threw it in the waitress's face. That that was a true story too.
1: Yeah, and this is what happened. Uh, Sharon claimed that she pissed on the glass.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, she pissed in the glass. Now we can't tell if it was pissed or not yeah you know sometimes people make things up right you know just to get you know be dramatic but that's what she says she did and whether it was real or not i don't know because things (laughs) were that's the way things were back then
0: yeah it sounds like there's a lot of crazy stories like that that are obviously you know more even more in the book and such but um so yeah i mean obviously uh, you know, it's really sad. Obviously, Randy passes away, and then you're kind of questioning your future with the band and, and Ozzy's Heavy Drinking, so you decide that you're going to go rejoin no, quite no. right, right?
1: I wasn't kind of. I was completely, re, you know, thinking about yeah. how to find my joy mm-hmm. of playing music again. It wasn't like like kind of.
0: Kind of yeah, <laughs> like, it was okay. You had decided. You wanted to get out. Um, So, again, you it being was, the, you being the nice guy that you are, you ask Sharon if, um, if, if she needs your help to fill in for the shows until replacement basis is found, but she just said nobody can nobody leaves Ozzy and then hangs up the phone on you right? Is that pretty much what happened
1: Yeah, but you know that's that's, that's typical of people when things like that happen you yeah know?
0: <laughs> were you and you were scared to make that phone call, I'm assuming right? I mean it seems like Like I would be afraid of, or were you just like, ah, no, no,
1: no. no. I mean, it's, it's a phone call that it's, it's a hard phone call because not being scared, it's a matter of, 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 uh, uh, you know, I had no other reason to leave the band except that I, because Randy had passed away and he wasn't there anymore. And, and, and the, and, the traumatic experience of being present during the uh, the crash Mm uh i it was it i i I, we were shell shocked we were traumatized and Mm -hmm. all of us all of us that that experienced that so it was kind of kind of like how how am i how how am i gonna find joy in in making music again
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and and my way of, of, of uh, dealing with that at, the, at that time, because you know people grow and they understand things about life you know with time, uh, my, the only way that I could deal with that at the time was to actually move on. And, mm-hmm. and you have to take into consideration. I moved on to one or, a band that nobody wanted in, in Los Angeles. You know that record that went to number one. Right. Became the first debut metal record to go to number one. Well, just a few months ago, we couldn't find a manager to manage the band with that record already done and ready for with a release date. Nobody believed that metal was going to come back, or you know, hard rock, whatever you want. They were calling it back in the day. You know, Def Leppard, Motley Crue, Quiet Riot. We were all. Label metal bands back Uh then. Of course, metal has different faces today, but that was considered metal, you know? Yeah. And case in point, you know, we were, we we went on tour with Scorpions, we went on tour with uh, Iron Maiden, uh, 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 Black Sabbath, you know, about five metal bands. You know, Judas Priest was another band that we drew with. And, uh, you know, it it was was label, uh, metal was labeled very different back then than right. it is
0: today. You know? Yeah, because uh, back then it was just heavy metal. There wasn't this, like, they didn't call it hair metal or any any of that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, or dark metal, death metal, yeah. or, you know, speed metal, you know, whatever. You know, yeah. they were in different categories. Yeah. They were just metal, you
2: know.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, so it it wasn't like, uh, like oh, yeah, sure, I'm going to leave Ozzy and join this band, and we're going to have a great record. And, you know, no. Yeah. It was like like that. It was like... The only reason why I did it is because I went back to playing, you know, with, with Kevin, who I already been playing with in in Quiet Riot and Dubrow. You know, when 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 he when he had the band after Quiet Riot, right yeah. before I joined Ozzy, I was living with him and playing in Dubro Whenever Dubrow played around town, you know, just to make some money so I could pay pay the rent.
0: Yeah. So and, you you had no idea this the, was going to uh, be a huge hit than these the metal health. I mean, no, it was a monster did. success. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean, not only us, but no, you know, <clears throat> the 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 genre of music alone. Forget about the metal health being being a success. Nobody in Los Angeles could see at the end of the tunnel that eventually, not only Quiet Riot, but everything else that was coming you know, whether it was British metal, the new wave of British metal that I was already a part of with Ozzy. Mm-hmm. But I knew that because I was already touring in, you know, in England and Europe. And I, you know, I knew what was coming. You know, Motorhead, they, they, Motorhead was on our bill in 81. So it was Death Leopard, mm. you know, and then UFO and, you know, bands like that. So it was like, yeah, there's this move, movement of, of metal that's really you know already playing arenas, but but the labels in the United States are not really paying attention to that. They're still you know looking at new wave and punk. You mm-hmm. know, okay, that's fine. But this is coming, and what it took was actually MTV. Yeah, it took MTV to actually start playing metal. You know, Def Leppard and 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 Quiet Riot of course, and then later on Motley Crew and Rat and. You know, Dockett and and everybody else that the sister, you know, that came along and right. and that solidified, you know, the metal as as coming back. You know, Maiden, everybody, everybody started, you know, started getting into the MTV video scene.
0: Yeah, and you guys had a lot of success. In fact, and you were actually named the nineteen 1980, in nineteen eighty three. You were voted the best bassist in Circus Magazine. Do you like those getting those kinds of like awards? Does that mean well, anything to you?
1: Yeah, there's actually no award for one of the best bases. either, <laughs> you know, yeah, the best bases or or not, or you're not, right? <laughs> you know? And yeah, it, it, it's listen, it's, it's a popularity concept that mm-hmm. that's all it is, you know.
0: Yeah, so then with uh, the, the pro, I guess, it sounds like the problem with, with what happened with quite right with you leaving was. I don't know if this is true, but it said something. I read something about um, the, that Kevin was kind of, he's basically talking shit about too many other bands, and that, that kind of bothered you. And that's part of the reason that you left quite right. Is there truth in that?
1: Well, you're going to leave one of the biggest bands in the world because something is kind of bothering you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. So it really bothered you. It,
1: just, it, 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 was, it, it became a problem. It was a problem. Right. It was an issue. And there was, and there was nothing I can do about it because, uh, you know, he, his his mindset was that there's no such thing as bad publicity. Oh. So yeah, he rolled with it. And uh, so, you know, I moved on, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But you stayed in touch with Frankie. So I did want to bring up. Uh, him, I know he's he's struggling right now with his cancer. Have you have you been in touch with him? He was the best man at your wedding. You guys are still really good friends. Are you still in touch with him right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: is he doing okay? Because I, I thought that was really cool that despite having that cancer, he's going out and he's still wanting to play music. That's like still one, a very important oh, thing. That's for what he does.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, this is this is uh, this is the challenge, you know, that he's he's fighting incredibly, you know, heroically he's, he's you know, he's my hero. You know, yeah. I mean but you know, Frank has been my hero for a long time, even before, you know, this unfortunate uh you know, cancer came about. You know, he's, he's, he's we've been friends way before we played in quiet riot. You know, he's he's uh uh he's he's the drummer that taught me what my role as a bass is in a rhythm section. Was all about because I had no concepts of it prior to that. Mm. Prior to playing with him in 1972, mm. we met on my birthday in 1972 at mm. a uh, at a at a uh, the 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 hangout in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, at the time called the Flying Machine, mm. and uh, we started playing back then. So it wasn't until like ten years later yeah. that we were actually you know in quiet riot together. Mm.
0: That's so cool! You got to play with all your. All, it sounds like you were friends with all either before or you became friends with a lot of these people that you've played with over the years. Yeah, and then yeah. and so then you joined Whitesnake and you were th- with them for a while. Um, you didn't actually get to play on the song "Here I Go Again," but isn't is that you in the music video?
1: Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's the whole band. The only person that actually played on that song on the record was Adrian Vandenberg. He did the solo. Yeah. On yeah. that record. And, um, everybody else got together after the record was finished.
0: Did you know at that time that that would be, I mean, that video is an iconic piece of eighties history. Did you know at the time that this was going to be a huge music video and, or did, is that another one where you just had kind of going in blind there?
1: I th- I think you're giving my psychic abilities, uh, <laughs> uh a lot of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, I I wish I had a crystal ball and I knew all the stuff. But then again, you know it's it's it, you know it's I'm I'm just happy that that I was there for all the wonderful things. Nobody knows, right? Not even the record company knows. They just you know they're just hoping for the best. They're hoping that that what you believe in, everybody else will come to appreciate it.
0: Yeah. No, definitely. Um, And then so then you were a Whitesnake and then you've been in so many bands. You were in a band called uh, Sun King. I found this really interesting because there was a guitarist named John Lowry, who obviously more people know him as John Five. He played with Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie. Huge, hugely famous. I guess, again, I'm giving you credit with your psychic abilities. But did you take do you take credit in discovering him and seeing him play in that uh, band Alligator Soup or or what stood out about him? Because didn't you pick him to be in the band?
1: Yeah, he was our guitar player. I uh, know Johnny. You know, he, yeah, there's certain things that are just so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And 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 so you know, and it's so obvious that certain people just have that that X factor about them. Oh. And uh, after you've been doing this for a while, you start you start to recognize who who does and who doesn't. You know, and when you run into somebody uh, with the X factor, such as John five, it's, 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 it's a no brainer.
2: <laughs> wow. Yeah. Cause he,
1: I, was, I wasn't the only person who thought, you know, that John five had the potential to become that John Laurie got, had the potential of becoming, you know, John five.
0: Yeah. Okay. You know? So and, there was, he was and, well known around the scene at that just not nationally, obviously.
1: Well, you look look at Randy Rhodes. I mean, Randy Rhodes. You know, you 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 have to become a local hero before you become a global legend.
2: Mm-hmm. You know.
1: And 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 same thing. You know, the word got around about John 5 around town, and and the only way to do that is to let people know that 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 you exist
2: mm-hmm. and
1: that you have this specific talent. You know. Just, just like Randy did when when he was playing locally in Los Angeles before he ever left L A.
0: Yeah, wow. And then you you played with uh, you've God you played with so many amazing. You played with Ingve Malmsteen in 2004. Um, one thing that stands out to me about is just how fast he can play, and he just really shreds that guitar. Was it is it hard to keep up with somebody like that? Or I mean, I know obviously you're playing the bass and not the guitar, but it's still I mean. Is it, is there some guitars that are di- more difficult to play with than others?
1: Uh, it all depends on on, on the, the tempo of the song, how mm-hmm. fast the song is. Okay, you could, you could be playing a ballad with a with a shredder, and it's yeah. a ballad.
2: Yeah. Know?
0: Well, and he's I guess when he's soloing, you don't obviously you're not going to do a bass solo. But is he maybe the second best guitarist you've ever worked with, next to Randy Rhodes, or or who would you say is? Second Because you've worked with Steve Vai, Steve Stevens, Zach Wilde, John Five.
1: I've, yeah, I've never worked with Steve Stevens.
0: Oh, you did? I thought you had the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, or maybe you didn't actually well, play with it. Well, that's
1: not working with. Yeah. That's <laughs> not being in a band. Oh, with. okay, that's gotcha, gotcha. Basically, anything that happens at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp is an isolated, you know, event. Gotcha, it, gotcha. It's, it's not like you're in a band called Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, you know.
0: True, true, yeah. true. <laughs> okay and then you had time with uh, you were in Dio's band for a little bit um, and you eventually joined up with him how did he compare to other singers you've worked with before because now I mean again you've worked with Dio, Ozzy, David Coverdale
1: yeah Yeah, actually you know I wasn't in Dio for a little bit I was in the band from 2004 until he passed away in 2010 I was his bass player for like six years and that's not really a little bit,
0: right? Oh no, that's a long but, time. Uh, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's 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 a good portion of my life—six mm-hmm. years in a band. Absolutely, you know? yeah. No. And uh, we did. Uh, we would we would tour every year, even if it was or in the band Heaven and Hell. We would tour every year, and uh, it was it was an incredible experience, you know. Um, I got to learn so much from, from running, I uh, say, you know, how to be a better human being, a better musician, you know, better everything. It just, uh, I wouldn't be who I am today, uh, without having the experience of, of working with, uh, running in Dio.
0: Right. And and you've credited your success, uh, with your ability to adapt, like being able to join a band and fit into that band. As you said, you're joining the band. The band isn't joining you. Um, and you've played everything from jazz and Cuban music to full-on speed metal. So clearly, you can adapt. Um, do you think that is hard for a lot of other musicians to do?
1: Yeah, you know what? I I appreciate all all kinds of music, jazz and and upper Cuban and all that. But I I know what I am. I I am really a you know I don't know a a a a a, a classic metal, and I say uh-huh. classic because I'm not really you know, I, I am not a new metal musician. I am a classic metal bass player. By that I mean somebody who performed with Ozzy and, you know, back in the day, you know, that that original Ozzy Osbourne music and, you know, from the first two records and got to play with Dio and got to play with Whitesnake and, you know, Quiet Orion, and so on.
2: Yeah.
1: That's what I am at my best. Right. I can play other stuff, and I love other music, but me, you know, who I am, my identity personally, and from the bottom of my heart, uh, when the beast is unleashed from within me, it, that, 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 that's the music. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the music that gets the beast out of me.
0: Absolutely. No, you and you're great yeah. at it. Um, you also said, as you said earlier, trust is a real. It's you said it's even more important than musical ability. So, do you think there are a lot of talented oh, yeah. musicians that didn't make it because their attitude and their lack of trust, like people don't want to trust them, even though they're really talented musicians?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, nobody. No. no you know. I mean, you will get. You will get a gig if you're an incredible musician. If you you will lose the gig if you're an incredible musician, but you cannot be trusted.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, I mean, you're widely known as one of the nicest guys in rock. Do you feel like the nature of playing the bass requires you to have kind of a more down-to-earth and easygoing disposition? Because it, it seems like it's hard to be really <laughs> ego-driven when you're playing the bass. I mean, unless you're less Claypool or Flea and yeah. just taking the center yeah. stage. Like, yeah. You're okay kind of being in the back, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I've never really. If if it would have if 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 it would have been okay for me to be in the back, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now because he <laughs> would have never noticed me.
0: Well, not Nobody the bag bag, ever but,
1: noticed me. right? But you're, <laughs>
0: you're not the front man when you're playing with Ozzy or Whites. I mean, you're not. You're not. That's what I'm. You know, well, you're nice. okay not being the front man. I guess you're still I, on the I, stage. Obviously, you yes. know,
1: but, but neither was Tommy Aldridge and Randy Rhodes. You know. It's 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 the sum of all parts
2: mm-hmm.
1: that really make uh even even so even a band that is named after one person. Right. You know, yeah. you know, take Van Halen. David Lee Roth doesn't have the last name Van Halen, but he's David Lee Roth, even Michael Anthony, everybody mm-hmm. knows who these guys are. True. It doesn't matter you know, it's the sum of all parts that really make up, you know, a a greatness of, of any, any band, Mm -hmm. a a band, you know,
2: right. No, And
1: I'm talking about in the traditional sense, not in the modern, modern sense of when artists go up on stage nowadays. And there's not even a band. They just you know, it's just them up there and with some pre-recorded music.
0: Yeah. And one of the the bands that you were in was that Mars project. Um, And it it looked like you had been credited with a lot of the, the songwriting uh, duties on that one. Is there is there other it seems like there only the other bands that you No, you're in. no,
1: no. You know, sometimes you're you're in a situation and to be completely honest mm-hmm. with you, the, the bulk of the music was written by Tony McAlpine. Oh, okay. You know. Okay. And but we were we, you know, it's kinda like let's say taking Van Halen again. You know, mm-hmm. Van Halen you know, it's it's a band where all the musicians traditionally, you know, in the in the first incarnation of the band, they split the the composition Royalties equally right you know, but you can tell that where that music came from,
2: mm-hmm. you know
1: you know you know it's mainly guitars, you know the music from, yeah. from from eddie and 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 the vocals from from Dave, you know right. the lyrics I Definitely. mean you know it was very unique blend of like like bonehead lyrics with like this incredible uh virtuoso uh, guitar playing
2: mm-hmm. which
1: is actually to me it was definitely made it work mm-hmm. because it was kind of lyrics were very working class yeah and and the music was was virtuoso it brought a it, the lyrics brought the music down to earth mm-hmm. and ma- made it accessible
0: yeah so is songwriting is that like not something that you're really interested in or um do you have song ideas that you pitch no, the band? no no
1: I'm really interested in songwriting, of yeah. course, but when you're talking about guitar-driven music, oh. it, I am not at the level of a Tony McAlpine to tell Tony, hey, play play, play your guitar like this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> you can't do that. Right.
1: I don't even know of, of other guitar players that can actually tell Tony what to play.
0: right, right. right. Yeah. So, and you've worked with so many musicians, like I said, and your reputation is great. But is there any musicians that you've worked with that were hard to work with or uh, maybe talented musicians, but just difficult personalities? I mean, I don't, I don't know if you want to say their names, but.
1: <laughs> well, I'll put it this way. Some were harder than others. But okay. It was a, a very, yeah, I will not even say that. No, listen, it's, you know, you, you have to understand people and not let their personality get in the way of, of their music you know sometimes ego is just a shield for for somebody not being confident even mm-hmm. though they may they they might have great musical knowledge but there, there's something happened along the way in their in their journey that made them lose confidence in themselves even though they might be Incredible musicians. So sometimes they use ego to protect themselves.
0: Oh interesting. Well, speaking of egos, um, do you have any opinion on the Motley Crue y- reunion? Because I did read in your book that um, you went to see them back in the day, and you you actually recommended them to tour with Ozzy back in the day. Um, no, no,
1: I didn't. No, no, I no, 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 I did not. Oh. I no, I did not because I was not in any in any position
2: <laughs> because we.
1: You know, it's like I wanna keep the gig. You <laughs> know? And,
2: yeah. and
1: and it is like uh, you know, for me to tell at that at that time in my career I had I had I hadn't done anything. Right. I had no resume, I had nothing. All I it was it was like I'm just very happy to, to be playing in the band because it's not like uh well, you know, Rudy you know, he, he before he joined Nazi, he did this and this and this and that. No, nothing. Mm. All, all I did was play in choir, ride with Randy Rhodes in Los Angeles, and that was it. You know, so I had no resume, and and I, you know, and at the time, I, I, I don't even think Mobley Crew had re- actually released the album yet.
2: Shot they the were double. just,
1: yeah. I think they might have had the EP. Okay. And it wasn't like you know these these guys. You know that's the job of agents, and that's the job of record company people and management.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know the the business side, especially at that time in 1981, yeah. to actually make a decision: who are we going to have as the opening band?
0: Oh, gotcha. But they now,
1: did they... now that they keep that 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 will never keep. You know, banned from saying, "Hey, dude, you know, can you tell so and so, you know, that oh. that we're looking for, you know, to to open up for you guys or whatever." Yeah, everybody does that oh, okay. at all time. So whether, so, yeah, whether it's going to materialize just, yeah. or not, yeah, that's that's okay. completely different.
0: Yeah, so it's kind of yeah, it's more of those things. They were asking you, and you're like, "Yeah, sure," I'll, but like it's hard to to. No, that.
1: no, no. I never say it, sure. <laughs> I used to, like okay. I listen to what they got to say. they're yeah, yeah. okay, yeah,
0: that's cool. Though. All right. Um, so I always like to end with a charity. Is there is there a charity organization that you're currently working with that you want to promote here?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean it's it, there's so many of them, and they uh, I would say animal rescue, animal uh, rescue, animal rescue, and you know just you know you know make sure that. Um, uh, if, you, if, you, if you're looking to bring a, a pet into your life,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, just, you know, go to an adoption center. You're, you know, there's just plenty of, of pets available, especially during this, uh, the holiday season.
0: Right. That's great. Uh, well, Rudy, you certainly had an amazing career from the early days in Quiet Riot and Ozzy. Um, to now you have a podcast. I think you, do you have a pod, Do you still do the podcast? Uh, the Dash and the Six Degrees of Sarzo on the Monsters of Rock Radio.
1: Yeah, well, see, that's not a podcast. That's an actual radio broadcast.
0: The it's, Dash
1: is a no, podcast, right? The Dash, yeah. and yeah. I was doing the Dash. The Dash is what got me got the attention of the CEO or uh, Holland Hendrickson. Okay. Uh, of uh, Monsters of Rock Radio and the Cruises and all that stuff. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's, what got, uh, it, it's what got me noticed that yeah. I was doing a radio thing, I mean a podcast, and then he asked me, would you like to bring your podcast, bring it to Monsters of Rock Radio, mm-hmm. but not as a podcast. It's an okay. actual right. broadcast.
0: Gotcha. Know? Yeah. So, and then do you have any other future music plans? I know you play the bass with uh, the band Guess Who, which is another amazing rock band
1: I played the bass with guest who, yeah
0: yeah okay
1: the bass guitar to be to be actually you know <laughs> I don't want to confuse people out there Taking I with a stand up bass and, you know,
0: <laughs> You did play that though once jazz. didn't you You have tried that right I thought I I thought I read that too somewhere that you tried the stand up bass before
1: No I've never owned never? one okay. I no, never owned because I could never bring it home. I couldn't put uh, it in the car. You
2: know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, check that out huge. Yeah, check out uh, Rudy's radio show. Check out his book, Off the Rails, See Him Perform with the Guess Who. And you're on all the social media, the Facebook and uh, Instagram and Twitter, all that stuff, I think, right?
1: I'm on the interweb, yes.
0: Yes, perfect. Yeah. Okay, anything else you'd like to promote at this time? or?
1: No, I just want to wish everybody um, a wonderful, joyous uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving season and um, a blessed 2020.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much, Rudy. I really appreciate it. And thanks for being on my show.
1: Thank you, Chuck. Okay. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay. That was Rudy Sarzo basis for Ozzy Osbourne, White Snake, Quiet Riot, uh, Dio. So many, he's been in so many bands and currently in the Guess Who. So check out uh, all that stuff that we talked about. Check out his social media. Um, you could read more about his story with Ozzy and Randy Rhodes and his book Off the Rails, which is a really fascinating book. I haven't finished the whole thing, but I just, you just open any page. There's a million crazy stories in that thing, so check that out. Uh, I'm on all social media as well, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. So uh, follow me, and have a great holiday.